You ought to know, I'm Alan Clark. Amid all the so-called scandals rocking the walls of state legislatures in the halls of Congress in Washington, D.C., there's a current flowing that points to, in my estimation, the inevitability of war. On May 20th, 2019, the headlines in the newspapers included Saudis who say they do not want war but will defend themselves against Iran. A drone attack on a Saudi oil pipeline claimed by Yemeni rebels allied with Iran. A rocket exploded inside Baghdad's green zone, home to the U.S. Embassy. State Department personnel were ordered to leave the embassy in Iraq amid escalating tensions between U.S. and Iran. ExxonMobil also evacuated 50 employees from Iraq and flew them to Dubai. Iranian President Rouhani announced that his country would partially withdraw from the 2015 nuclear deal, as did the U.S. last year. A bomb hit a tourist bus near the Giza pyramids in Egypt. And last but not least, President Donald Trump warned Iran it will face ruin if Iran wants to fight with the U.S. And behind the scenes, we have China, Russia, and North Korea engaged in cyber attacks, testing nuclear-capable weapons, and generally posturing themselves as a not-afraid-of-anything bully on the playground. Anytime you get all this testosterone in one place, a fight is bound to break out somewhere. I'm just finishing up my second reading of Patton, Ordeal and Triumph, by Ladislas Farrago, upon which much of the movie starring George C. Scott in the title role is based. At the conclusion of World War II, there were the same tensions brewing among those nations that eventually ended up in what was called the Cold War. The Germans were fighting to the last with all they could muster. The Soviets were strategically attempting to gain ground in countries ripe for eventual takeover. Patton himself was looking to the future and suggesting the start of an eventual struggle with the Soviets, while General Dwight D. Eisenhower was trying to keep everyone's tempers flaring in his role as Supreme Allied Commander. Of course, We have not yet concluded the Iraqi war that began in 2003 after the attack on the World Trade Center and Pentagon two years earlier, but a bigger one may yet be on the horizon. Troops still fight in Afghanistan and Iraq today, though not as many. So, buckle up your chin straps, folks, because we ain't seen nothing yet. As close as we have come to mostly accidental nuclear confrontations and an occasional threat towards the real thing, it would not surprise me if someone's finger got too close to the nuclear trigger in the near future, setting off an exchange that would be badder than anything left over from Hiroshima and Nagasaki. How near are we? My guess is within two to three years, if not tomorrow. I hate to be the chicken little warning about the sky falling, but believe me, the sky will fall if people do not settle down and adopt a different approach to diplomacy than a threat to each other's continued existence. And like the skies over the two Japanese cities in the aftermath at Chernobyl and the Soviet Union, the falling sky will contain snow-like flakes of death and disease, the likes of which only a few have experienced. I pray I am wrong, and we all learn to just get along, because that's the way it ought to be.